Welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode may contain graphic content, such as copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, infantile to immortal, fantasy drug use, nice nudity, and perhaps mentions of sex and sound effects of various qualities. Cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. Light him if you got him. Welcome to House Common Blood. We just got done with our hiatus. What the hell was that? Like five months? Uh, five months since February? Uh, since then, we have uh, two new players. Moo, introduce yourself. Hello. All right. And we have uh, Nita. Meowdy. Fuck me. Uh, then we got uh, uh, Mega with a still. Ditto. And John. Meowdy. I hate you. Uh, so, uh, Cupcake is no longer with us and neither is... Uh, Iceman, both of them left for their own reasons. Nothing personal against us or the game that we're playing. Uh, just real life got in the way. Now, with this, we're going to start up uh, Campaign 2. This is going to be... Uh, I wouldn't say that you need really any knowledge from anything we've done so far, but it helps put a little bit of death into our world. Um, With this campaign... The setup is going to be with our four new players in the same world, but with different circumstances. So I kind of just want to jump right into it. So in our world, we see a blue planet and around the equator is a Pangea. On the North Pole, we have a blue ocean. On the South Pole, we have a black ocean. Perpendicular flying miles in the sky is a flying leviathan that coils around this world five times over. Where our story start, uh, starts off is within Juliano, the central continent. Within Juliano, to the north, in the Titan Sea, we see the blue ocean lapping onto a beach, and we see the ricketing of a boat in the distance. The, dis- the bells from the town could still be heard on this boat. On this galleon, we have about a hundred prisoners and about five or six people who look to be in power. These prisoners, naked to the eye, are wearing shackles, two cuffs on each wrist, two ankle bracelets, and one collar, invisible. We see the leathery boots of the captain walking in pace in front of these lined up, uh, prisoners. She looks to be a drow, and this drow woman, she smokes from looks to be a cigar, maybe, with a tip that has a skull on it that spews smoke from its mouth. She huffs and puffs on this. A monocle is on her eye. She wears a uh, red velvet captain's outfit with gloves to match and white garments to contrast it. She looks at each prisoner, about ready to start speaking. Now, I want to know, as she's looking at these prisoners, John, tell me about your character. So, he is uh, standing quite 
proud despite the situation. His um, mutton chops look like they've been a little bit unkempt as he's been not able to do his normal grooming, but he still has this air of superiority even despite being in a lower position than the captain. Now, if you're to cast this character with a celebrity, who would it be? Hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't actually know. <laughs> it's a very important question. You gotta be on your feet, buddy. I'm kind of thinking, but like, no, it's gotta be someone more rugged. We'll just say like Chris Pratt for right now. But Chris, Chris Pratt is the. Okay, the temporary actor that we have playing. So Chris yeah. Pratt and I assume like a, uh, uh, what was the name of the uh, Crocodile Dundee kind of outfit, I would presume, right? Oh, we get, I thought we were in like prisoner outfits right now. Nope, you still have your regular clothes on. Oh, then he's got like those poofy uh, fox hunting pants and uh, the tan vest and then um, uh, kind of one of those Australian hats with the one side up. Mm-hmm. You guys are deprived of all of your weapons and anything magical. Yeah, and then she looks on uh, the drow woman, keeps walking, then looks on to another person. Moo, tell me about your character. My character is someone that would kind of come out of the crowd pretty easily, mainly because they're not exactly looking normal. They have charcoal black skin with long flame-like hair, or maybe once had long flame hair. She might be, you know, having cinders on her head due to basically being possibly splashed with water constantly. Who knows? But she's tall, 5'7", for the average woman. She has yellow glowing cracks that go along her skin but the thing that makes it most significant is that she has a bright orange scar on her left face a left side of her face on her cheek her eyes are yellow with black you know scrella or the whites of your eyes instead of being you know instead of being white it's black Mm-hmm. She looks as if she's in her early 30s, maybe late 20s. And if she's in her outfit, she is wearing specifically a unusually black garment that is kind of like form-fitting. It covers her arms, her neck, but strangely not her legs, which is where you see most of the yellow cracking, as if it was molten lava coming about to come out. Now, this begs the question, who would you cast for your character? Oh, that's such a hard question because here's the thing. There are a lot of people you kind of pick, but it has to be someone with a really like low tone or someone that could kind of like leave out that like raspiness to it. Oh, I'm just trying to remember which actresses can do that. Like the low raspy tone. If I had to pick, I mean, possibly if I had to pick one of them, Emma Stone. All right. Nice. Good pick. Good pick. The drow woman keeps walking forward, looks to another person in line. And I want to imagine like each time like she's doing this like the camera is like way behind all of these uh, prisoners we're in a wide angle shot where the entire boat can be seen and like uh perhaps no not even a wide angle shot is like focused on her and each time she's walking forward the screen blacks out and when she looks at this new uh our players like the camera pivots to focus now she walks forward again and looking at you nita what does she see he would see a human female mm-hmm. about early to mid 20s uh, about five six nothing really special about her appearance you know she's kind of curvy she got the thickens <laughs> it's tan skin but i guess if someone were to try to pick her out in the crowd uh what would stand out would be her hair and her eyes she mm. has very long soft 
salmon-colored hair. And at the ends of her hair, they kind of go to like an off-white at the tips. And her eyes are also this soft salmon color. Alright. So, if we were to cast her character, who would play it? Uh, I'm gonna have to go Selma Hayek uh, and her earlier years, you know, like, uh, what is it? What was that movie that she was in from Dust Till Dawn? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that one. Again, she's walking. The screen keeps blacking out, following her while trained behind uh, these prisoners. And she looks at the final person. Mega, what does she see when she looks at you? So what you see is a five foot ten otter boy named Eddie. It's, uh, he has uh, brown fur, uh, you know, like dark brown eyes. Uh, he also has like, you know, at the top of his head, a little tuft of uh of blonde dyed hair that's kind of like spiked up a little bit uh he is uh dressed very relaxed uh he's wearing a a pair of like a loose slacks and a button up shirt that is entirely not buttoned up at all and uh he is wearing uh various piercings throughout his body including on his lip on his ear and also on his nipples and probably a few other places uh, and uh, honestly, he's very relaxed in and of himself. Like, uh, even though he is like you know, like five foot ten, he can sometimes appear a bit shorter, uh, just by the fact that he always just seems to be slouching in one direction or the other. And uh, there is a what appears to be a very faint uh, smoke or fog that constantly is hovering about his body. It's like, uh, and you could almost swear that you could see a pair of yellow eyes looking out from it. But, uh, yeah, like, you're basically looking at somebody who, uh, is relaxed incarnate and might actually make a whole room much more chill just by being there. So we see the drow woman and, uh, she looks towards you all, the sun shining down upon you, like the heat is hot enough to create, like, heat waves in the distance. And looking at all of you, she says, I am Gwyn Koth. I am your captain. You are all here because you are hangmen. People not even worth the shit on my shoe. And she keeps walking with uh, her arms behind her back, just staring daggers at each and every person. If I had my say, I would have hanged you all, but it is not my decision to make. You all have a greater purpose of serving your country. She stops, then her head turns towards the human, Atticus Billingsley, and she begins to walk towards you. 197 human lifetimes, 11,820 years behind bars, extreme negligence, treason, and murder. And she looks you up and down, shakes her head. Then uh, I think uh, she moves on to uh, the next person, saying, fucking blanking on your character's name, Nita. Oluya. Oblak. The full name, Oblak. Thank you. I should just look that chat. She Some says, Captain, she can't even remember her prisoners. <laughs> well, fuck you. She uh, says to Oluya, or Oluya Oblak, 102 human lifetimes. 
6,120 years. And looking at a paper she has on her side, she just shakes her head and gives you a sneer. For the murder of 14 to 16 children, you're a fucking monster. And spits on the ground right in front of you. How's, uh, just out of curiosity, how's Leah even react to that? She kind of glares at her, but she'll kind of sink back into herself. Walking up to the Genasi, she simply says, Seer, the fucking Genasi. Crimes include, but not limited to, poisoning wells, experimenting on citizens, and of course, just like everyone else, murder. Crimes against humanity as well as it seems. And flipping through her notes, she says, 111 human lifetimes. 6,660 years. Then finally, uh, she goes up to the otter and says, Edward Hayes of the Hayes family, 129 years. Crimes include international drug distribution, racketeering, murder, and assortment of other crimes. 7,740 years. She shakes her head. As I was saying, if I had my way, you'd all be at the noose. <sighs> but, fucking staring daggers at Atticus, you all have a purpose. We are benevolent. Us, Giuliano uh, and its king. We are offering you all an opportunity to escape your shackles and be provided amnesty for your crimes. But, need to put in a bit of effort for this pardon. We are going to be going on a assortment of missions that must never leave your lips. You are not a part or affiliated with our country or government. As you know, with the war going on, we need to keep things aflow and keep our soldiers coming back homes to their families, sons and daughters, some of which have been taken away by looking around a few on board. Here is the proposition. Should you follow orders, do as we say, and complete missions as given, deductions to your years, you will be given freedom, and to top it all off, we will erase everything from your record. How does that sound? Is anyone against this? And she looks around the crowd. First, I want to know if anyone in the party says anything before anyone else. <laughs> Like, yawning. Yeah, just yawning. Dude, Atticus, I think you need to take a nap. Man, I don't know what it is about these shackles, but uh, make it hard to sleep. All I could definitely say is that it seems rather to be too true, because I don't think that everyone will be free. Oh, so long as you put in the elbow grease, you'll be released. Say, you complete enough missions, we can even get rid of all those sentences. And looking at you, Seer, 6,660 years, that's quite the sum, but should you kill a kraken? Should you save a town? Should you keep our boys going forward? You'll have it down in no time. And 
as she's talking to you, I feel like there's one guy who had enough, maybe a burly fellow, maybe he's a little obese. He breaks his way through the line, comes up with like a shiv in hand, and she looks towards him and just goes, Hi, isn't that quite the thing you got there? I'm so scared. And he just says, shut up, shut up, you whore! And just runs towards him. She just unsheaths her little saber on her side, points it at him. And Atticus, I believe you have the highest passive perception, is that correct? I would think so. I believe you're the only person who notices as she points her sword. You see that the loose rope around the ship starts to animate, come to life, and snake towards the obese man. And before he could make it maybe a foot, maybe a foot and a half before reaching her, the rope coils around the ankle and it drags him up towards the rigging of the sails. He lifts about 10, maybe 5 feet in the air, his head pointed towards the ground, his fat jumbling all over the place, and finally the shiv tapping on the wooden planks. She goes up, kicks it to the side, looks at him, and goes, Why, it seems that we have not only a child murderer, but a pedophile. And she just gives him a smile. I would have a personal joy in slaying you, but I must ask, what part do you hate about freedom and amnesty? And the fat man just jumbles around and just goes, You will not trick me! I will never leave these shackles! Just let me go! Let me go! And she goes, well, if that's what you wish, die. And as she says, die, it's almost like a fearful spell takes over him. You see the shackles going from invisible to black obsidian. They look heavy. You see lacerations begin to form on his arms, but no cuts being made. It's death by a thousand cuts as his skin begins to flail, as he begins to scream, No! What are you doing? No! No! And we see that his stomach opens. We just smell that putrid, innard smell as his intestines, his organs begin to flap onto his fat skin, onto his face, until eventually the life drains away from his eyes. Well, it would appear that we've gone from 101 prisoners to 100. Ah, well. You see the shackles upon his death clank to the floor. Well, with those out of the way, grabs the shackles, picks them up. She flicks her sword, and kind of like a whip, this rope just slings his body to the side and throws him overboard. Now, is there any other troubles with the deal that has been offered? Atticus, looking towards him. (laughs) Well, at least I know it won't be boring now. Oh, I can promise a venture beyond your wildest dreams. Come, come now. We have to sail. And after she says that, everyone just stands around for a second and goes, Oi, it's not free. Start fucking working. We gotta set sail. And she walks up to the helm. And at this point, you guys have free reign. What do you guys... Everybody disperses. Just just Eddie just kind of like... Maybe not necessarily shouts, but like slightly slightly above his normal tone of voice. By the way, sex work is real work. Um, I just have a question for my character. Yes. So... As someone that is lowly on fire a lot, do you think they would do anything weird to make sure that I don't accidentally burn the ship down? Yeah, you know what? 
they they make you wear like a, a, a not turban per se, but like a, a wet cloth that's around your head that you must always keep wet to keep your like hair under control. I almost wanted them to wear a shower cap. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been adorable. It's like a magical shower cap that does the exact opposite, keeps your hair wet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that that's what I was wondering because I said to go like you know Genasis are not seen in the greatest way, so they would be like paranoid. Go like we ought to splash you with water all the goddamn time. <laughs> But yes, what what does the party do after the formation is broken up? Everyone's getting to work. Uh, do you guys do any particular work yourself? Try to slink off to escape working? Like, uh, what do you guys do? What do you guys talk about? Uh, I I'm going to go around and just basically oversee the work that the other prisoners are doing. <laughs> but I'm just going to use that as a transition as well. Uh, we're going to still go on the scene, but just to go into it. Like, uh, you see people uh, tarring the mast. You see... Uh, people on their hands and knees with a sandstone, or not, yeah, like a holy stone, so sandstone, just uh, uh, smoothing out the deck. You see people uh, messing with the rigging, with the sail, saying ahoy, and doing uh, uh, various uh, shouting and commands. Just everyone's walk around, ahoy, 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 ahoy. Luya, what, what does your character do? Um, who's who's by her? Uh, do I see Atticus and Eddie and see her by me? close by yeah I, I would say that i'm gonna kind of m- motion for them to kind of come to me ah plotting on the middle of the deck i love it <laughs> <laughs> hey what are you guys talking about <laughs> nothing just making sure that the sails are properly hoisted up are you sure it looks pretty interesting over there <laughs> no mind your business <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys huddle together. I'm gonna fiddle with rope. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do this? Well, I have some terrible news then, because the big thing I had to say is, like, what we just saw on that poor man was rather disturbing, so that could be one of us if we get caught of some sort. But seems there is a way that it was activated, so if we take time to investigate, we could figure it out. Yeah. If that's okay. If uh, you guys want to. Because this isn't gonna be, like, a 20-minute check. This isn't going to be a half day check this is going to take days just to scratch the surface this is probably the most complex not even singular enchantment assortment of enchantments on each one of these shackles that you've ever seen like you don't even think that you could get a general overview you would have to focus on one of the parts to even get a glimpse of what's truly happening here but it is feasible so big thing though we won't be able to discuss too much especially me since i'm a giant you know marker for people to keep an eye on but that might be our best sort of plan because if we jump off the ship i don't think we could just simply walk away yeah because like you guys can't like swim or well kind of like looks a bit over to uh atticus i guess like he can though i'm sorry just talking to me here's what i will be doing because for you you might have to solve a solution but here's what i will do and kind of lifting their left arm that's where the sh- one of the shackles are right yep one on each wrist each ankle and one right around your neck i'm going to be first investigating this one so that we can narrow it down but i will be doing it through doing the duties that would be fitting for me here i imagine the naval surgeon would like my assistance since i used to be able to aid people with illnesses and such tell you what sir um maybe focus on her sword seems to be some sort of connection there 
Possibly, I could, though it means I would need to interact with that drow, and it would be a little bit of an endeavor, but I think I can do that if you, Atticus, tried to communicate with the people above or around the sea. I can't walk around all the time, or else I'll be splashed nonstop. It, that being said, no shit, like someone throws water at you, and it's just a huge lugging guy who just laughs. <laughs> 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 Does Atticus laugh too? <laughs> That's such a dickhead thing. He's keeping appearances up, but damn, that is a dick move. <laughs> yeah, nerd. Um, but yeah, sorry, uh, you were saying. No, no, I was just saying, as I as I said, basically Lily pointing at the example of just getting splashed. Okay, so you're gonna be working with uh like you're gonna be acting as a medic and uh, you're gonna be investigating uh this. Yeah, the last mainly. The, but Atticus suggested if I can try to be able to communicate with the captain to see if we can investigate the sword. Okay. That that one I'm going to reserve for a group effort. If you're going to try to examine the... You're going to try to examine the sword. That sounds like a decent setup right there. Uh, but we'll, we'll save that one. But I want to go through everyone else. Um, Atticus, you said you're going to fake supervise anything else you'd be doing th- during this voyage. Yeah, I'm going to kind of examine the the power structure as I kind of insert myself as more of a authority figure and try to figure out as far as the captain obviously is on top, but like the kind of the striation of all of the people working I, for her. I can easily tell you about this, but we're going to keep the scene for a second where you guys are all huddled up still, and I'll elaborate more on that. Aluya, what are you going to be doing during like this voyage? I will try to figure out the, uh, the wrists and the ankles as well as kind of get to know the other crewmates and see where their talents lie to maybe help us okay so uh we got two people investigating the shackles uh one person working as a medic the other one examining the power uh structure on the ship aluia you are going to see what kind of skills are on the boat you said yeah okay and finally mega what what is your character doing during this entire trip well i mean honestly eddie is going to be doing a lot of uh of exploration uh because uh because ultimately while yeah because like eddie himself is not going to work but eddie will be doing work uh as i want you to imagine just as uh like eddie just like going about the ship maybe looking at things or maybe like uh, overhearing uh conversations amongst the other prisoners that there is just this trail of smoke like uh constantly following him everywhere it goes but curiously enough it always looks cleaner whenever it leaves <laughs> so it seems like he's at least so it seems like he's doing work even though he hasn't lifted a finger <laughs> okay now let's uh go over each one we're gonna go over like the sailing trip as each day passes on so let's start off with uh seer seer uh with your aptitude for uh, medicine and healing you have been uh, under the command of a certain witch doctor yes the ship has a witch doctor his name is Bloodwith and uh or Bloodwith matthews from what you understand, he is a part of the Necrotic Chroniclers, people who basically talk to the dead to get a true history of events. How he ended up on the ship and how he ended up as uh, basically 
the doctor of the ship is beyond you. And uh, he basically has you going over patients and illnesses, maybe like uh, looking at a few books as they make uh, provisions and tonics. Now, what I want you to do is uh, make me a hmm, make me a medicine check. Make me three and tell me if it is DC fourteen. All right, just as a heads up too, I might I will burn some of my flash of geniuses if it's like you know. So let's see. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna roll my first one. What was DC again? DC fourteen. Okay, that one's a fail, even if I flash. Yep. That one's a success. That one's a success. Okay. So after the first one, um. Second. Got to break a few eggs to, you know, mm-hmm. figure things out. Uh, you see the witch doctor approach you, uh, blood with, and he looks at your first tonic and goes, What is this? A rather hard thing to create when I'm not allowed to use all the tools necessary. A waste of components. I cannot believe this. Why the hells did we invite a genasi? And he just shakes his head. Worthless. Worthless girl. And he just keeps working along on uh, some of these tonics. And again, like, uh, for what he exactly looks like per se, mm, let me show you. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be saying he, I keep saying he. Because this person's actually a woman. (laughs) Oh, okay, so. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was my bad. Uh, This is a woman. That's a very deep tone woman. (laughs) I can't do female voice. But, uh, so Bloodwith, uh, she has uh, blonde hair. It's cut short. Uh, she has a leather that acts as basically a chest piece kind of cut out. And, uh, she has like a black skirt. And as she walks, she has like a shaman-esque kind of staff. She has tattoos that look druidic in a sense on her, uh, left arm, on her forehead, She looks like she is straight out of the forest and she knows some crazy shit. So she's just taunting you saying, worthless, you're worthless. And as you work on your second tonic, she just goes over again, goes, what kind of ingredients have you wasted this time? And looks at it, shakes it around, sniffs it. And goes, I I could do better, but at least you did not waste more ingredients. And puts it down. Then when you make the third, she does the same process again, gives you a long look and goes, You will have more tools to work. Keep it up. And she just gives you a sneer. You have made two healing potions. Now, we will talk more about that later, but uh, make sure to put that down. Don't keep it in your inventory. Just make sure to write it down. I'm going to write it in the chat log. Thank you. Okay, who is next? Who else did I ask? Um, Atticus, you were doing? I'm uh, asserting dominance and finding out the politics of the crew. Next. Uh, can you make me an insight check, please? Just one. Wow. Flash but genius. remember that I have grown up my whole life working with different politics. So do I get advantage? I'll give you advantage. Fuck. <laughs> Even with that argument, got eight and six. Uh, it let's is- put some guidance on that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Silly Billy. Rangers don't pick. <laughs> Eight, six, <laughs> guidance is one. You ain't getting shit, buddy. I'm sorry. The dice are against you. Hey, that's a nine. Uh-huh. That's adorable. I love it. Really adorable. And I assume Flash of Genius doesn't offer double advantage or anything like that. No, the idea is like, it's just a straight, I give them five on top of that. But the thing mm. is, and this is the thing that needs to be at the mercy of the DM. Can I see them? And can they hear me give them a suggestion of like, stop looking at them and saying, oi. I, 
here. This is what I would allow. It's pronounced ahoy, not oi. Yeah, I, I'm willing to allow. I'm willing to allow uh, Atticus have this, but I want you guys to RP of how you are like Atticus. What are you fucking up on? And I want uh, Seer to tell me how she is actually helping you, and nothing vague. Like I mean, like an actual RP between you two. Oh, I could do that, no problem. But first, I need to see Atticus screw up, and he needs to explain how he screws up. Yeah, how you screw up, buddy. Um, I feel like Atticus is, is going a little bit too far bossing around the crew that is supposed to be his guards. Mm, as yeah. he's used to being, you know, kind of the top dog and isn't quite familiar not being the top I, dog. I would even go so far as one of the people you pick on as you're going around. Can you start me off on how you're picking on someone? I'm just kind of like giving them orders and being like, hey, do this. Or, yeah, Pay attention hey, there. Hey, 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 do this. And you see this person in black as he turns his head to you. And if this was a cameo, uh, we would see good old Steve Buscemi in the flesh. And he looks at you with yellow eyes. He walks up towards you and goes, I, are you giving me orders? Do you, you must not know who I am. I'm your taskmaster, Jean LeBon. You must not know who I am. Oh, I, I quite know who you are. I've heard of your incident. You mind explaining me what the hell you've been doing? I have been seeing to the efficiency of the ship. Seeing to the efficiency. So you've been yelling at people. I have been giving them loud advice. <laughs> All right, Seer, you can butt in at this point if you want to. Seer's going to like just kind of like do this quiet whisper stage, throwing it over to Atticus. Hey, Atticus, I'm watching what you're doing. I don't think you're going to be able to say that you're top dog here. You're you're going to have to do the more of approach of giving honey to someone, in a sense. Or if that's a phrase that you guys said. You bring more flies with honey than with... You can burn more flies with a fire. <laughs> right, but you get what I mean. It's basically... Yeah. She's trying to phrase it, but she doesn't know the phrase. Yeah. <laughs> but basically the idea is like she's trying to basically indicate basically be kinder and not as... A dick. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. And like his gives a slight sigh, but then he's like, but I guess I could use some advice if you have it. Mm. Are you speaking to uh, Steve Buscemi or are you speaking yeah, to Steve? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm trying to be nice. And yeah. Because I see that you do a great job, so... Well, if Master has taught me anything, first, understand the game you're playing. You are a prisoner. You are to do what a prisoner should do. Tar the mast. Sand the floor. Bide your time and do as you are ordered. That is it. And he walks away from you. Um, so with this role, important information was gathered. Taskmaster. There are five taskmasters on the ship. You know of one now, Jean Laban. As he's told you, he is in charge of you. Who else he's in charge of, he you don't know. It appears that with this ship, there's five taskmasters, uh taskmasters. There is a first mate, a second mate, and finally there is the captain, Kath. Um, moving on. Uh, remind me, Aluya, you were trying to find people with skills. Going to try and uh, investigate the wrist shackles and the ankle shackles and also get a feel of the crew and see what their 
talents are, see if they can help us any. Um, I'll deal with the shackles once we finish off with everyone, since we got two people looking at it. Okay. Um, so with skills on the ship, again, do me insight, unless you can petition for anything else. No, insight is fine. All right. Wow. Yeah. Um, let's go over this. So uh, who are you looking for specifically? Because I got a lot of people to tell you about, and I assume we don't want to go through every single person. No, just the ones that I think would be pertinent to the information I'm looking for. Like, So what? what's the exact information? Uh, maybe somebody who is skilled magically, who might have a better gauge as to how to handle these things, or maybe if they've been on the ship longer, if they know how they kind of work, or have any information on the shackles at all. Let me sh- introduce you to a certain sea elf, Johnny Riverfingers. Okay. <laughs> he is gaudy, he is wearing everything a bard you think would wear in blue shades and brown. He has what looks to be, uh, what the hell would you call that instrument? I, it looks like uh, a little bit of a lyre, perhaps. Not exactly, maybe a harp. Um, he holds a stringed instrument, and he is uh, like on one of the hammocks. Maybe he uh, fashioned something with the rigging where he's just laying down, strumming along at his uh, tune. And just, you know, singing along. And you notice with the song, it's kind of depressing. As he sings, like, watch the old fire as a new begin to die. And he's strumming along. Do you actually approach him or do you just want to know of him? Approach. Okay, you approach. And you hear as he's, like, finishing his little uh, shanty, like, one of his strings pluck. Guy has long blue hair. And he has, like, fin-like ears as he gives see a cheeky smile and he goes why hello love what can i help you with oh hello a part than my intrusion uh oh not intrusion as all with a beautiful face like yours it's always a pleasure Oh, thank you. Uh, I couldn't help but notice uh, you seem like a seasoned, mm, I wouldn't say, like well, prisoner, actually, but you seem like you know a thing or two around here. Why, you could say I have my sea legs. <laughs> he just starts laughing, hitting the side of his thighs. Ah, uh, yes, uh, nautical humor. Uh, so funny. Yes. Um, but, uh, yes, I, I do know my way around the ship, my way around the rope, and most importantly, my way around morale. Uh, Without a happy ship, happy sailors, you have a mutiny and you have... And he begins to sing again as he says, or watch the old fire as the young begin to die. Um, But uh, again, what kind of specific information are you trying to get out of this guy? See, well, have you noticed any uh, order to like guard the rotations or schedulings? uh, Anything like that? Not at all. And he keeps strumming along. Seems like there's no order around the ship. We just have to keep to ourselves, stay on the boat, and once we reach the destination, we're we're there. You seem pretty chipper about the situation we are in. I've been in my fair scraps, and unfortunately I just have the worst kind of luck. Usually everyone else's troubles, mistakes always get pinned on me. But that gets you down, and there's no life that... There's no life that's... Fuck, how the fuck do I want to phrase this? There is no life. Fuck it. (laughs) Life would be great. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm having trouble with my brain here. But yeah, so he basically said uh, life would be damp if... No, I think he should have said all of that. I know, it's just like he's fumbling about. It's like, you're a fucking bard? Life I think would be- he has a crush on Aluya. Yeah, I think he stutters the entire time, but eventually he does get out. Life would be pretty damp if everything just gets you down. I like and understand part of that, sure. Yeah, yeah, you understand part of that where he just didn't sound totally fucking stupid. <laughs> Uh, I I feel like you're distracted, so I I I might come back another time, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, you do you. Uh, I I will be there. You be here. I go now. Well, there was one more piece of information I did want to throw out there. Okay. Before before I just stumbled my way about is that he did also mention that it it really did seem weird that there were even uh, like the prisoners were working on the ship because weirdly enough the ship can be manned by one person one person alone the captain there's really no need for the crew to do anything all right well but that's it yes that is interesting (laughs) well like i said before you seem distracted and i don't know there's a air about you it's confusing i will leave you be (laughs) ciao ciao Uh, okay but uh yes and um anything else that was a pretty high roll like uh was there anything else specifically you were looking for so there's no scheduling for the guard we don't really need to be doing shit he just has us working for just to work yes yeah okay so if we can find a way to look busy but know where things are all right so i want to find someone that knows where everything is on the ship from the captain's quarters to uh the kitchen the bathrooms all like the little cubby holes or hidey holes Hmm. Now that one's a toughie. That one's a real toughie. I feel like you'd actually need a, like, since this is everyone's first voyage on the ship, I feel like you might need uh, someone like a taskmaster or a captain or possibly like uh, later on in the adventure when people are more familiar with the ship. So how's this? Who as a taskmaster do I think I can schmooze to give me information? Mm, Schmooze. Um, well, considering the circumstances, you are a prisoner condemned for death yes i'm naughty we'll use that yeah you're very you're a very naughty naughty girl (laughs) i wouldn't say your chances are pretty high and you could put yourself in dire straight if you're to try it but i am not opposed to that um would you still like to proceed i will hold off okay let's uh move on to uh mega then mega so with you what are you going to be doing for this venture uh like i said uh like uh, eddie is doing a lot of uh wandering around exploration and even just like honestly probably just to like uh hanging out with the other prisoners just a really chill dude <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're just hanging out with uh, the other prisoners. Um, okay. Um, anyone? Okay, so uh, who would uh, he be hanging out with specifically? Just the chillest person you could find? Well, I mean, he would attempt to find the chillest person he could find, but whether the chillest person he could find could actually be found is another question. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's a good transition. I feel like a- a- as you're chilling about, 
I, I'm just going to keep using uh, this character as well. I feel like, for some reason, the, chillest pers- or the person you believe to be the chillest on the ship is Johnny Riverfingers. Oh, we're back to him. Yeah, we're going back to him. <laughs> There's a specific reason for that. Um, I feel like he's strumming along at, on his instrument, and there's just cool vibes coming from it as you're, you know, smoking your pen right next to him. But as you do that, and as you watch this guy play along, it's kind of like you have flashes, static in your vision. The smoke gets a little too thick. And before you know it, you look at Eddie, who looks back at you. This cloud, this shadow with pure yellow eyes staring at you. It's head at a tilt. Why are you crying, Eddie? Why are you? And I feel like there's just that kind of mental connection where there's confusion. You're safe. You're not in any harm, but you feel hurt. He just like uh, brings up a hand to like his face, feeling his it's like, uh, guess it's, guess some of the way splashed when I wasn't looking. Hmm. And you just hear the strings uh, pluck a little bit, and you see that uh, Johnny looks down at you and just goes, "Why, my dear friend, what appears to be a matter?" And just keeps plucking along at his strings as he just focuses on you. Just like blinks looks up at him but like nothing's the matter i think and i think he just goes well so long is all in good order what what was your name just call me eddie ah shakes your hand or at least attempts to um and he introduces himself my name is Johnny Riverfingers, but you seem pretty chill. You can call me Riv, and I feel like that acts as a trigger for you. What, what kind of memory does it trigger for Eddie? So I imagine that it kind of like it non-sequentially. Um, it's like uh, I imagine like there's like a like a like one flash and like Eddie like a sitting in a lounge chair next to uh, some sea elven. Uh, see elven boy and then another flash to dancing in a very crowded and maybe slightly hazy room then another flash the two of them running down the street then another flash the two of them to relaxing like uh on a nondescript bed and and then probably like one last flash just in less of a visual flash and more of a um an auditory flash with just him saying the words in his own voice goodbye riv that was really fucking excellent. Good, good job right off the fucking cuff. Give yourself inspiration. So moving on, we're going to have a uh, day's come and go. And uh, as you guys sleep, where are you guys sleeping? Because there is no room for you guys to sleep where everyone else is sleeping. Like there, there's 100 people and this is way too much for this fucking boat. Well, I'll be sleeping, hanging from the ceiling like a bat. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it cold? It is super fucking cold. How much you bet people are going to huddle around me because I'm like a campfire? (laughs) Nope. You are ostracized and no one wants you near them. Good. Perfect. More heat for me. Well, I would be by Seer, so. So basically, Seer's just sitting in, like, the weirdest spot. Like, I want to, okay, if I had to pick a spot that's really weird for Seer to sit in, it has to be in the corner spot that's in, like, one of the most uncomfortable spots. So she's just kind of sitting back wet, drenched, but not, like, freezing because she's, you know. Like, on on the top deck? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm going to be sleeping with this weird tentacle box on the <laughs> Yeah. Bottom floor. So you're sleeping with the cargo, all right. But like Sears just like lean back onto this corner and I don't know when Aluia would pop in, but like probably Sears just looking up to the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
uh, Seer, uh, uh, Eddie, where would you be sleeping during this voyage? Honestly, I think... I would say, like, it would probably vary from from night to night, but uh, throughout the journey. But uh, Eddie would, at any point, just, like, uh, toss his vape pen over to somebody, and he would just uh, sleep in his room. <laughs> there you go. And uh, bullshit. As, as, Eddie just, <laughs> as Eddie just turns to smoke and just, like, uh, sucks up into the vape pen. Uh, Luya? I would be next to Seer. Mm-hmm. Not not too close where it gets too hot, but just close enough that I know she's okay and I have someone watching me as well. Well, I like the image of Seer, her back to, like, uh, the rails and uh, with uh, Aluya right next to her with the splashing of water onto both of you and just drying within, like, seconds from Seer's heat. Um, before I move on to a scene, uh, can both of you make me a check? Tell me one part of the shackle that you're looking at. Now I'm going to consider it for this voyage. And keep in mind, I'm only going to give you one check for this specific voyage. So pick carefully and roll high. All right. I'm going to guidance myself. And then when she rolls, I will guidance her. Yep. I will flash of genius for both of us. Sounds good. Uh, Um, I already said I was going to study the left shackle on the left hand. Left hand is for you. Gotcha. I'll do right. right. You're going to do right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Any spells that either one of you are using? Um, I can't use my spells because I need to carry tools and I doubt they would let me take them. Kind of like if if we had to turn it into a role play kind of thing, it's kind of like making it organic. Like after we investigate things, she kind of just divulges a bit more about like what possibilities could be. It's narrowing down possible paths. All right. So I'm going to be blunt. So this is how it's going to work. I'm assuming that neither one of you have magic for the situation. So, uh, is it nighttime? Yes, it is. Alright, so I'm just gonna cast a little bit of light. I'll put it on my amulet so mm-hmm. we can get a better view. Okay. So with advantage, with guidance on both of you. Um, DC 15, I'll treat it like it's a detect magic where I'll tell you the school of magic. Um, I want to say DC 20 and I'll tell you the spell along with the specifics. If you guys somehow get a DC 25, which I'm not even sure if it's possible for either one of you with the arcane check if it might be well they both get a possible plus nine <laughs> yeah plus nine. Roll. Yeah. If, if the guidance rolls a four and yeah they get- yeah so with this in mind with the dc 25 i will tell you the flaw with the shackle oh. yeah so 15 detect magic 20 i'll tell you the spell 25 i'll tell you the flaw both of you roll uh just a straight roll or with advantage with advantage for both of you okay okay i'm gonna let you roll first i want to Steve because all right this is not gonna go well nope all right you get a plus five roll guidance yeah roll guidance oh yeah you got a 15 at least 15 all right and which one were you looking at I'm doing the right. Okay, you're doing the right. So looking at the right one. Okay. So with uh, the right hand side, you feel as though there is a transmutation enchantment or a transmutation spell in the form of enchantment on that particular shackle for the right hand. All right, Seer, your turn. All right. Arcana, right? Yep. All right. That's with advantage. So that's a 15 mm-hmm. plus flash of genius. Uh-huh. So even if I roll guidance, I don't think I could get the flaw. No. Nope. Okay. So for the left hand, Correct. Okay. So with the left hand, you see that it is a 
variant on the spell Invisibility, and the enchantment is meant to keep the shackles hidden from the general public, to keep all all of them hidden. Now, here's the question. How is the spell affecting the other shackles as well? You know, that is a good question to think about, and that's something that I imagine that Seer would be kind of analyzing, going like, it's focused on one hand, and yet it affects all of them. Mm-hmm. So there has to be either something that has a keystone to it, so in a sense something that kind of mixes all the effects together, or B... There is a piece of item that its only effect is to take all the effects of all the other of the chains or shackles. Mm -hmm. That is all I'm going to give for you. Because again, if there's ever going to be a puzzle in this campaign, this is it. And I've kept in mind the flaws, possible exploits, but you guys will surprise me. I'm sure that one of you guys will come up with a good argument on uh, how these uh, shackles can be tricked. But that's all the information you know is one of the shackles has a trans transmutation uh, school on it uh the other has invisibility variant spell on it that affects the shackle all right so as you guys are looking at this which one of you has a higher passive perception oh uh, i have 12 i have an 11 your turn yeah so i feel like alouia you're the first to notice you see two pale white legs that stand before you on this deck as you look up this is what you see you see a goliath with a hell of a ponytail that goes down to the his uh the middle of his back you see that he's strapped with leather but no weapons he has a full beard and pure white eyes with a black iris as he studies both of you silently looking yes eyes dark towards you he just sneers his lip raises his eyes focus on the genasi who brung the harlot says simply to you seer he said who brung the harlot who brung the harlot now, when he says that, does he point to me? Or kind of like... His the- eyes are just right at you. You know it was intended for you. Okay, perfect. Then Seer, in her, like, look at... Not, she doesn't like being disturbed while she's studying, so she kind of looks up quickly. Not looking at him directly, like... Seems to be kind of, like, looking at his body, but doesn't do eye contact at all. In fact, a lot of the times you'll notice throughout the time, Aaliyah, that she doesn't look at people directly. Okay. But she kind of just goes, Well, I would assume myself. Though... So, Not willingly. I'd rather be back where I was, investigating what I need to use to help the better of mankind. Why does it matter to you? Uh, the dog is smart enough to know when she's called on. It just spits right on you. It sizzles. Yeah. Yeah. At least a dog can think, unlike yourself. <laughs> back to her work. Looks at uh, Aluya once more and back at uh, Seer before saying one more thing as he leaves. You better hope I never get my hands on my blade. That will be the first thing to go through you. And he just steps down and disappears into the darkness. Um, yeah. So this voyage goes on. You guys did everything you wanted to. You guys are going along on this journey, and you guys get to your first stop. Well, well before that, can before I that, try something, please? Go right ahead. So we know that one shackle is transmutation, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't want it to be... <laughs> 
me, just in case. So is there anyone else by us? Another prisoner by chance? You guys are alone on top of the ship. At most, if you're unlucky enough, the captain could possibly see you from her cabin, but it's unlikely. But I, well, maybe I'll try it as the... No, no, I'm not trying to stir the pot there. Um, The next time I come in contact with another prisoner, like one that looks really, really shady, that doesn't look also menacing, um, <laughs> I want to try something. We could easily do that. I'll give you a no name at the moment, because I can't think of anyone really fucking fucking greasy that doesn't look intimidating at the same time. Uh, can I use my armaturgy on the right shackle of no name and yep. do like uh, what is it? A harmless tremor around that shackle. Okay. You're, you're doing a harmless tremor around the shackle. Yep. I want to, well, just in case it somehow backfires, you know, their hand can get blown off and not mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just kind of gauge to see if, you know, does something good happen? Does it come off? Do they notice it comes off? Yeah. Isn't the harmless tr- uh, tremor for the ground, though? Okay. Does it have to be the ground? It can't be like the... I, I'm willing to allow it just for this. Um, I, I'm just going to tell you straight out. I don't believe... I'm looking through my stuff. I, I don't believe there's any kind of noticeable effect. That that, mm. that seemed like a very big flaw if the thing just pops off at, like, you know... Yeah. yeah. Just, like, just the slightest to... shake. No, I mean, like, it just to... Because it's transmutation magic, so... Okay. Oh, so you're doing transmutation magic on transmutation. Okay. Yeah. Um, just to see if like a rune glows or something. I will give you that. Um, a rune does glow on it, but it appears you may have not done maybe the specific spell, perhaps the right shackle, but you feel like you're on the right train of thought for getting out of the shackles. Okay. And give yourself inspiration. Oh, and I will relay that to Seer. Yeah. Seer will tell you what she might plan. So Seer is going to look to you and be like, so you think it might be reactive? There's something correct. Yes, uh, there was uh, a rune that popped up. Um, maybe I didn't put it on the right shackle, or maybe it was the wrong kind of spell, but still from that uh, magic category, you know? Uh, since you girls are focus on the shackle and i don't believe either one of you noted this um make me a history check oh i'm gonna guidance myself because mm. that's another bad one for me i only have two more flashes of geniuses Great, Ed. um are the shackles are they metal like wood like a magical wood or or like what material are they? the they're made from a strange sort of metal okay um so i sarah i believe you have a eureka moment there was one thing about the execution of that first prisoner that kind of bothered you, but you couldn't put your fingers on it. The shackles came off. That's it. They came off, and you don't know what the trigger was. Alright. But I was gonna just let Aaliyah know I'm gonna do one thing. Alright. Possibly right when I'm doing my study. During the time I work with the witch doctor here, I think what I will do is I have a spell I can try to do, but it requires me to find some talc and silver. If you can find some of that here, if if I can't find any, keep an eye out for that. For if I could see what we're working with a bit more, I make it more likely so that I can solve it a bit more. Keep my eyes open for it. Okay. Uh, throughout the voyage, uh, does anyone else have anything they want to do before you reach the point? So I'm going to say you guys are probably half day's travel from reaching your point. Uh, it, since I was spending the night in the cargo hold, yep. 
Um, and, uh, did I... I'm kind of looking around also for gear. Okay, so specifically for gear? For, uh, like, our gear, because, like, obviously when they took us on, they must have taken our gear as well. Yes. Uh, it doesn't seem like they have it in the cargo hold per se. It is somewhere on the ship. You're just looking in the wrong uh, place. Mm. Provisions, uh, general material are down at the very bottom. Anything else anyone wants to uh, do? Also, I want to know what this weird box of tentacles is. Squids. See a box of squids in the bottom of the hold. Though, so, uh, do you eat one? Well, let's see. I do eat one. But I want to see what I do before I eat it. Okay. Out at sea, you're going to eat it. Gotcha. Oh, no. First, I want to see where it's from. <laughs> Damn. Um, make me a... Uh, fuck. Uh, survival? Yeah, make me a survival. Fuck it. I was going to do nature, but it's close enough. Well, why is it buried if they could eat it? How old is a squid? Yeah. Um, you look at the bottom, it seems like there's... Uh, don't. I, more likely, I'm not going to say this right, but it, there's ice on the bottom to help preserve it. Um, maybe that's not it. Um, I believe salt dehydrates it. Yeah, I'm going to say like uh, ice on the very bottom. So it's not like rotten? It's not rotten. See, I only eat rotten food. You only eat rotten? Actually, I don't even know if I have to eat. So no, I'm not going to eat anything. <laughs> No, you. Uh, I'll say you have to eat. You're thinking reborn. Well, like I don't think I eat like normal food. Don't I eat my hunger? Uh, that's a that's more of a DM question because you have a you have a hunger for a certain thing, but it's not like necessarily like in the rules anyway. A replacement for normal nourishment. I, I'm still gonna rule that you have to eat because okay. again, we we workshopped your shit around where it's it, it doesn't. I'm not going to take that as nourishment. Um, but yes. Eat a good berry. Yeah. Well, eat what? A good berry? A good berry. God damn it. Yes, you can eat a good berry. So Wait, can I have a good berry? Yeah, spread that around. Yeah, I'll give good berries. <laughs> good berries to everyone. <laughs> you get parade. material components. Does good berry require material? It, I don't think it, it requires does. berries. It's either it's either a sprig of mistletoe or some other druidic focus. Like I thought they took all of our stuff, so that's kind of why I was asking if they could find talc and silver. Because if we if we can, I'll definitely use that if I can to use the tools. Hmm. Again, they took everything magical from me. So if you have a components pouch, that's fine. I do not. But anyways, besides the point, you guys are going to be reaching your destination. Um, would take that time to investigate the other shackles? No. No? No. Um, in my case, what I'm trying to see is if I could get... I'll tell you above table, what I was trying to do yeah. is if I get talc and silver, I was going to, mm-hmm. during the time we were making potions, again, mm-hmm. with the witch doctor, mm-hmm. I was going to try to cast C Invisibility. Ooh, See invisibility? So I could see the shackles directly. Mm-hmm. All right. This is the last one I'm going to do for you. And uh, again, you're not going to be making any checks, but I'll allow you to do that. Um, Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you're going to do see invisibility. Right. Okay. And uh, there's no issues with uh, casting that, like uh, any problems? Uh, uh, um, It's verbal, somatic, and material. Yeah. So I, and I got need- the material. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That uh, works out. You uh, cast the spell. And who are you around when you cast a spell? Sadly, I, I would do it around the time when the witch doctor's not looking. Okay. So Seer and anyone else, are you trying to hide it? I would want to make sure they don't know I'm casting a spell. Mm, okay. How long does the spell last for? One hour. Ooh. Um, like, it's not concentration either. So once I cast it, I don't need to concentrate on it. It's just, I have it for an hour. So I don't need to, like, focus the entire time. It's just more like a, okay, poof on my eyeballs. And then I could see stuff. She's seen too much. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, can uh, see the shackles and shackles around everyone else. Uh, specifically, uh, it doesn't seem like uh, the witch doctor has any shackles around them. Um. So now that if the shackles are kind of invisible to people and stuff like that, are there anything I would notice that maybe the average person wouldn't see right off the bat? Like maybe the runic mm-hmm. marks or any of the mm-hmm. how it's connected. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's what I'll do. Um. I'll let you roll one Arcana test. Not going to tell you DC, and we're not going to go over it at this moment. That works for me. Okay. All right. I don't think I get my flash of geniuses back, unless you want to say I do. No. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, what do you get? I got a 14. Damn it. 14? All right. I'll tell you right off the cuff that there's nothing significant, but I think what I will do is I wish I had clocks on here. Okay, I'm just going to add something to my notes. So I'm going to make a clock that has eight widgets to it, and I'm going to title it Eureka. You have one out of eight in that clock. If you guys keep working at as a team, you might be able to come up with something or com- or understand a mechanic that you couldn't get from a surface level. So as you guys are approaching shore on a Giuliano, okay. So you guys started from the aisles right here. Can you guys see my clicks? No, no. you might be on GM layer. Yeah, that's probably what's happening. Try again. Try again. Yeah, that's what I'm trying right now. I can't get the motherfucking clicks. So I'm on uh, object and token layers, and I don't understand why it's not. Don't you see? Gray, in this age of the internet, it's not about the clicks anymore. It's about the likes, subscriptions, and comments. Shut the fuck up. Kick your <laughs> ass. Oh, fuck. Okay. Hit that ass. notification bell. <laughs> so, in Giuliano, in the north, uh, from uh, one of the aisles you guys started off from, and you made your way all the way over Shmia. You go on to... Uh, uh, the coast of uh, the Nistrat uh, forest. And as you guys approach the coast, there's a river that leads right into it. Now, as you guys go from the Titan Sea to Juliano, something strange to you, the players, but normal for the characters happens. We transition between two laws, two sets of Oxymata. As you guys approach, the sky is black. There is no sun. There is no moon. All there is is internal night. So these days for the past year since the fall of Drogue Port, a lot of strange things have been happening. Your breath as you approach the region is cold. You can see like your breath on the air, even though it's relatively warm. In fact, it's a little hot. The dead don't stay dead. Nowadays, there's a new species of people, or at least what we like to call them, graveborn. People who rise from the dead and act like nothing happened. They try to go back to their lives, but they don't have an iris anymore. They bloat like any other corpse, and they rot as well. They have an expiration date, but they still walk on. God, what is that smell? <laughs> but, uh... Normal stuff. Yeah, but... <laughs> To uh, uh, give an overview of what exactly is happening. The Kingdom of Giuliano, through propaganda, perhaps misinformation, blames the events that happened in Drogue Port, where nobles were killed and town was flooded on the elves, since they didn't participate in the ball. They had no losses that night. With what happened afterwards, this internal night, the, the dead rising, the fields with no sunlight begin to starve and rot. The land becomes barren. 
grows no plants. People are looking for someone to blame. They are looking for new opportunities. They want to live, to eat. So the kingdom wants to invade nearby country. The very important part is through the Nistrot forest is a very important supply route that goes up to Adontis where the elves live. Right on the plateau is conquered land that the dwarves have claimed as their own. If anyone remembers good old Shimmerforge, this is where he came from. Findel, although it has no laws to call their own when it comes to the region, they are forcibly taking what the elves call their homeland. Two forces go against each other. Two alliances in this fight. The first one is the Revenant Triad. It is between Juliano, Findel, and Thubaran. Thubaran is the Yontes of the desert. Their main view is over necromancy. Although with the recent events in Juliano, it hasn't been too troubling. Necromancy has been seen as a art to practice. It is the next evolutionary step of their species. This is a common belief between these three nations. Although they do not tarnish the dead, they bring them back to life with respect. But unfortunately, people that that they're going against the primeval alliance is Adontis, Lacus, and Ispicost. Adontis is the elves, Lacus is both the oceans, Ispicos is to the north in a frozen tundra where Goliaths live. They believe that the dead should remain dead. The cultural clashes between both of them are far and many. There is numerous differences between these six nations, or these sets of three nations. The biggest thing between them is industry and nature, whether to live with nature or to conquer it. Now, to get away with the exposition, let's go back to the boat. On the boat, you have the captain. There is your party and another party with Jean Lebon standing near the captain as she goes along to give you orders. Um, to explain the other party, you see a couple of faces. You see the Goliath that was a shit-talking seer. You see a handsome, strapping man with the symbol of Aelos on him, which is a seagull with a lightning bolt. Correct me if I'm wrong, Aluya. Aeolus. Eolus, sorry, I always mispronounce that. Was symbol a symbol of Eolus. You see a hell of a monster. It's a shifter, you would hazard a guess, but it looks like he's mixed up with a couple things. He mainly looks like an ogre. Uh, and finally, with this group, you see a man covered in armor. On his helmet, you see antlers. Respectively, all their names in order is Sigurd, Rory, Reese, and Elzar. The captain looks at both groups and says to you plainly, find out what happened to the traveling soldiers on the Sheamrock roads. Open up the supply route and eliminate any threat to the Giuliano government. You have one month to do so before heading out to meet mm -hmm. up again. Make a reflex save. Dexterity, sorry. So used to that. We get 20. Son of a bitch. Tries to slap you with their saber and you just, how do you dodge it? 
I believe like he doesn't even look like he tries. He's just like as he's yawning, he's leaning back, and it just goes far enough back. Oh, Neo dodge. That's <laughs> pretty cool. I like that. All right. She clicks her tongue, just shakes her head. Should you not arrive at the meetup point at the designated time, does the math in her head, should take you about a week after a month, a month and one week. We will assume that you are deserters. And I don't need to remind you what happens to deserters. And as she says this, she is going to go up to each and every one of you and clip off a little bit of your hair with a Atticus. Atticus, make me a constitution saving throw. 14. She, cu- she cuts off a big lump of yours. Like, she only needed, like, a small, like, little lock of hair. With yours, she took a handful and take one point of damage. Yes, your hair is a little lopsided. But she gets Sears hair. That's gonna be kind of hard. I think she might have to do a different method. That is what I was getting to. Sear, she doesn't go for your hair. She goes for your hand. I assume you have nails, don't you? Yeah. Uh, she's gonna take your hand. A constitution saving throw. Owie. You know, Sear, just take off take off your fingernail. Pull out your tooth. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts like a bitch, but with a constitution of uh, 23 for the saving throw, she takes off your pinky nail. She rips it off. You can see a little bit of the flesh still on the nail. Kind of like instead of being like a red, it's more of a yellow um, glow, as well as the nail kind of looking more like obsidian stone. Yeah. Uh, she does this for all of, uh, the uh, prisoners present. If she can't get hair, she takes a nail. And she says... I feel like she's she's not starred for choice on Eddie. It's just like... (laughs) No. Yeah. Now, just to go over the minor details, don't think about running away. We will find you if someone does run away. The parties will try to find the corpse. You are to retrieve the shackles. Should you retrieve the shackles, you will receive 25 years off your sentence. Uh, and uh, she, like, holds all the hair and, you know, nail or nails in her hands. Where we will always be watching you. Act with honor. Do not speak our name. And be gone. And she walks away. And Gene holds, uh, puts his hands behind his back. Basically, you guys get on uh, two dinghies. Gene is with uh, your group as you guys start going down the river. Dude, we get any equipment? You, you okay. get all of your equipment back, sorry. Okay. Yes. I was about to start ripping my clothes to make a sling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I kind of wanted to keep it. All right, so looking at the map, have I shown you guys this? Uh, it looks a little bit familiar. Yeah, a little bit. I feel like this place would be run by a, a pretty cool guy, but he'd have to yeah, be pretty strong. <laughs> yep. Now, funnily enough, I actually did come up with a name for him, and you guys will love it. Um, so as you guys are going down through the river, through the strait, um, the marshy land is just covered with fog. As you guys keep going along, you see a clockwork mill that is ethereal. You see a pit of blackened fire shooting from it. Quite strange. As you guys approach, Jean is looking around at the blackless sky, then at the incoming city. The city itself is on a risen piece of land. The walls that go around the city of Shayam is coffin-like. The road that goes through it is a mosaic of art. And most of all, there are five different bright colors 
colors shooting towards the sky like spotlights. You see yellow, you see green, you see blue, purple, red, and it just dyes the clouds in the blackened sky. As you guys approach, Gene holds out his hand to slow down. And as a reminder, he says to everyone, Please do not bring forth the name Giuliano on this trip. We are groups of adventurers. Do not let that slide. Now, should you follow with the mission or not, is all up to you. Keep in mind, at the end of our journey, should you still have years left, the noose is left for you. Um, you guys go through the river into the city. Uh, what would I even do for this? I'm gonna say someone make me a insight check, possibly. No, a history. History sounds better. Oh, fuck you, Atticus. Um, I'll roll history then. I will guide her. That's fine. Natural wow. 20. So I feel like it's a little bit with you, uh, uh, your Eureka, along with Atticus's, you know, uh, insight on your information, like, uh, like specifically what it would entail. There are no guards at all. That in itself is strange, especially during warring times. Not a single one can be seen. And just to specify, because I feel like I overlooked it. The main reason you guys are even looking into the city is that there has been a fair amount of troops that have gone missing along this uh, supply route and they believe that the uh, issue stems from shame. When I mean a fair amount, I'm talking the thousands. Not all at one time, but gradually. So, you guys approach the city and within this sprawling city is multiple districts of their respective color. The one highest, where the nobles live, is the purple district. Around that is the blue district where the commonwealth live. Below them, in this coffin, like city is the green district where the slaves live. You have the red district where you can have fun, drugs, all sorts of entertainment. The yellow district is where the entertainers live and where there is a huge circus tent. You guys go into the city. No one's there to greet you. What does everyone do? I cast Disguise Self with my hat. That's perfectly (laughs) fine. Um, So I'm going to offer you guys two options. You can either go as a group or split up. Splitting up obviously will give you more information, but going as a group will pass a date deciding on where you want to go. Sorry, just real quick. What was the red district again? The red district is where all the naughty shit happens. So prostitution, drugs, like uh, the bars, everything happens there. Sorry, yeah, I was just putting in my notes. Yeah, that's fine. So you guys enter the city. The first group, I'm going to say the Goliath, Sigurd, comes up to, yeah, Seer, this hand on his sword. The only thing holding me back from slaying you at this moment is a Taskmaster. Do not forget that. Piece of shit. Spits on the ground again. She'll kind of look at them, but not like directly at their eyes and just kind of being like, I feel it'd be better to work together than just wanting to slay me right about. But you're working together. Not a fucking chance. And he walks away with this group. And you can see the other two, the ogre looking fellow and the person in the suit of armor, Reese and Elzar respectively, follow suit without giving you a second look. But Rory, the young man with the symbol of his god of a seagull and a lightning bolt, just albatross. Yeah, albatross. Thank you. Symbol of an albatross holding a lightning bolt looks at you and just says, I, I apologize for his demeanor, though I doubt anything could justify that way to treat a woman. No worries. Their choice, their possible downfall for not to think of cooperation. Would, Would I be- know this person? Do me a history check. 
sweet Jesus. Uh, guidance myself. I'm not flash genie you've seen this because I wouldn't know if you know anyone. Mm. No, it's fine. It, it wouldn't matter. It's so it's so bad, uh, we're not even gonna go there. With the three, you think, I've definitely seen them before. I had to talk to him, right? No. Yes? No. There's something about it. You feel like there's something sinister pulling at your heartstrings. Yeah, I'm just gonna kind of give him a one-up and just keep my distance. Hmm, yeah. And he just goes, I, I apologize, but I must be on my way as well. And if I don't look after them, no one will. And he just shakes his head. Perhaps I should just let them fall to understand humility. And walks along his way. It is just your group with a competing group against you. Can we go shopping? If you want to. Need to make a couple shopping trips. Be is nice. there any, spe- any specific items you need? or like you- I'm looking for studded leather. Studded leather. I, I, I'm just going to hand wave that. If you want to like uh, put down like uh, whatever the gold would be for that, just tell me. Um. Then can I get a healer's kit. Yes. Five gold. Uh, uh, everyone just put in chat what the hell you need. Um, if you have the gold for it, I assume... Uh, was actually cheaper than my current armor, so I feel like I can switch them out. Yeah, yeah. Just put down in a regular Discord chat what the hell you want, how much you're paying, keep track of it. Uh, just rations for me. Yeah, you guys uh, do that. So where are you guys going off to shopping aside? Because there is a booming nightclub and there is a circus. Well, like, I think I'm going to, uh, like, I'm probably just going to the go to the place I know the most. Um, yeah, I, we're, we're going to get right on you, Mega, but one more thing with Aluya. Aluya, as you're buying rations, you do come across a, a butcher shop that's closed with hanging meat. And uh, there is one piece of information you hear on the wind through gossip, perhaps like a one person frustrated not getting the meat. This butcher is known to have quite the temper. So much so when he's butchering pigs, he tends to go blind with fury and ruins the meat from how much he hits it. Towards Mega, you're going on the streets. Uh, is the party uh, splitting up or are you going together? I actually will follow Eddie and she will say this reason. It's like, well, let's put it this way. If I follow over here, there might be people that need my services. And then maybe we make friends through that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Atticus, Seer, do you follow suit? Uh, I know you met me. Uh, did I gauge yeah, what direction you. uh the other group went? Uh, they went towards uh the circus. Okay, I'm just gonna clock that then. Yep. Uh, I will not break the party. I will stay with everyone. Atticus, I assume you're sticking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you guys, uh, go into the red light district, and it is full of clothes uh, clotheslines that just tattered these cramped alleys and streets. You hear the disgusting sound of meat slapping on meat and deep within the darkened alleys. You see people just doing drugs, drinking, guys having a good time. Atticus, make me an insight check with all this revel- uh, revelry and joy going around. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah. 18. Weirdly enough, although, like, everyone seems like they should be happy, even, like, the two guys locking arms, swinging their beers around and singing the shanty, together with smiles and red cheeks. I want to imagine, like, as you're staring at them, walking by, we get a flash frame where everything goes negative. And instead of smiles, you see frowns. You see fear. There's absolutely no joy from what you've seen so far. Careful, guys. Don't have too much fun here. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um... That being said, you know what? Fuck it. One more thing. Seer, make me a... 
Maybe a nature check. Coming right up. If it also helps too, I also have brewers, brewer kids. Mm. So I know about alcohol. Mm. No, not about that specifically. When he, when uh, Atticus mentions not to have too much fun, something strikes you. You look towards the sky and it's blue. And it's not from the taint of the blue district. It's not from any of the lights shining at the sky. You see a sun and you see a moon. Something is very wrong with the city, with that normalcy of it. And Seer's going to look to Atticus and say, The thing I'm afraid of is that it might look like the city never sleeps, but not because of rambunctiousness, but it might be because it doesn't. Kind of like indicating what's wrong with the sky. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm unfortunately think I know some people who might have some relatives in this area. Yes. That being said, I want to focus on uh, good old Eddie. Eddie, what are you doing? Yeah, I guess uh, with, you know, like, since at the very least, Eddie is not, you know, ignorant of the fact that, uh, like, uh, of just the fact that, like, a lot of, like, strange and shady stuff happens in red light districts. uh, And considering, like, they're investigating weird going on, you know, like, uh, he just... uh, is keeping an eye out for anything that looks weird even for this district. <laughs> yeah, there's something weird. Um, what should I have you roll? What do you feel like you're doing, uh, per se? You doing a perception check? Uh, yeah, I think he's like, uh, yeah, he's probably like looking and listening around just for uh, anything that looks out of the ordinary. Here's what I'll do. Roll with advantage since your character is completely around the subject of drugs. Okay. 19. 19. This is what I'll say. Uh, you're meeting up with uh, maybe like a shady drug dealer. He seems like chill dude and he's with like his girlfriend and shit. And uh, you see he's in robes. He has like a stockpile of stuff. You're going through his inventory. And uh, you, you do like a greet and bump you know like a bump fist and shit like that yeah just like uh yeah like uh or less of a bump and more just like uh um like i, I would kind of like imagine like more like a more like slide hands and then a bump kind of thing <laughs> yeah when you do the bump on the hands his girlfriend rubs on the same nunk knuckle that you bumped on going off from that you see that he has a lack of a famous drug in juliano he has nothing on shimmering or not shimmering uh numb tongue is absent from his inventory uh towards the drugs he does have he does have stone needle stone needle is a drug that makes you forget and if you're really really chill dude he would show you what his top level shit you're gonna have to make me pers- uh, persuasion check and give me smart P for that. It is like, uh, oh, come on, man! I know you have the better stuff. Yo, but but man, it's my girl's here, and you know I gotta be making money. And I'm, we just met. You seem like a chill dude, but man, you you see, man, you, you feel? Do you feel? So what if I shared some of the stuff I've got? Yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, it's like he mostly because like uh, he a hundred percent would have. <laughs> supply because yeah. of how his room works uh and you did find like, a box uh, full of it if uh memory yeah. serves me right yeah he, yeah so it's like just like a kind of like uh pulling from like uh underneath his sleeve is like uh like uh there's just like a, a small bag with something like a, a ground up uh dry substance inside of it it's just like and just kind of like uh kind of like a whisper look. yo man you don't you, you don't have that mind fuck do you no, no, man, no, man. And he just looks both ways, and then like opens up his shirt. Let me show you my top level shit. 
And again, he shows you a shriveled face on a mushroom. Yo, man, this shit's going hot. Super hot. It's going around on the streets and it is going faster than I can sell it. You, you got any? You got no? Half an O? Something I can be selling around here? Couple O's? New cheap poochies. What was that? I no. want to hear Louia. <laughs> it's just it's like a Jay and Silent Bob moment. Snoochie boochies. <laughs> Snoochie boochies. <laughs> All right, Mako, what you're saying? It's like, uh, I've got a supply with me if you're needing. Yo, man, I need to be selling. I got to be making my way off the streets just to feed my girl. Like, uh, food's rough around here, man. Like, we getting strange shit to put in our mouths just to keep living by. Like what? Fuck, man, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it is. It cooks. Goes in the stomach. Don't know what it is, though. Look, buddy. And he looks around again. Man, yo, I I, I got 40 coins. Gold. Solid. Give me your stash, I'll give it to you. Yeah, it's uh, like uh, Eddie would just like uh, like uh, subtly shake the man's hand. And like as he uh, leaves, it's yeah. like uh, a couple of like small bags fall into his sleeve. <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. So let's review what we have so far. So, like, the entire continent of Julia, uh, or the province of Juliano is an eternal night, but this city has a blue sky and the sun and a moon. Now, you guys established that some things aren't right with the city. People aren't happy. In fact, they're really terrified. They're sad. Um, other party went off to uh, the circus. Uh, you guys are exploring the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, did uh, I forget anything else that you guys learned? The butcher yeah, has the, a temper. The butcher we, has uh, a temper. We learned how to get the cuffs off. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so where do you guys go in the Red Lake District? There's bars. There's whorehouses. There's a nightclub. Where are you guys going? Uh, do I notice... Like, is it any demographic? Like, is it all humans? Is there kind of mix? Is it, like, kind of separate between different races? Yeah, so Juliano's always been, like, mixed in the cities, but there's always that racism. Now, with how close you guys are with uh, Adontis, uh, there is racism towards elves. You notice that a lot of the slaves, like, uh, granted, you're not going through the Green District, but, you know, like, there's slaves in the Red District as well doing labor. Um, Won't go in farther than that, but you, you notice that, you know, like, elves are not treated nicely and usually that they're enslaved. Whether it's legal or not in Juliano is far beyond you at the moment. I'm gonna, um... Uh flash my coin with my family symbol to a couple people and see if that is uh, getting any reaction. Yeah, your specific uh, sigil is not recognized. Not your house. Uh, These guys. (laughs) Where are you guys moving off to? Uh, I would rather, well, if it's okay with the party, if we move to the common district or the slave district to kind of get a better feel of the place, like, more. All right, so uh, she is suggesting you guys go off to uh, the common district or uh, the slave district. It is up to you guys, but again, like, as you guys are going through the town, you do hear the, yeah, it'd be strange to you guys. You guys feel base. No, Sierra's so going to look to Leah and be like, I think it is best to definitely explore the city before we dive into it, because... Let's be real, we're just, we just gotten here. There could be many things that we might miss if we don't take our time. So if we know everywhere, we might know the direction to go to. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like uh, we each kind of 
can talk to a different group of people. Yeah, again, you guys can split up or you can stay together. There's a lot to explore, but remember, you have a month. Yes, but um, I feel like if I'm going to integrate with high society, I can't really be seen canoodling with the commoners at first. Don't even try to pass off that you didn't just say canoodling. I didn't. I'm saying canoodling with commoners. Yes, canoodling with the commoners. Aren't you suave? You're suave. If Taylor be I mean, like, I hang out with common people all the time. Me too, but we need to make an impression here if we're going to learn things. I don't like high society, but it has its uses. I think then, if we do split, we have to have a goal. And I think the goal is to collect as much info about the region around us. Because, for one, we passed by such a strange windmill. There was a fire in a distance. There might be more secrets, but we're trying to solve what's going on. So it could be a combination of many of them. Yes, and if any of you have any affiliation with uh, military or anything like that, they uh, I did notice a lack of guards. In my case, I'm planning to find the area where if they have lack of medical or medicine, maybe I can get good with them. And if not, I could help some people and probably get their favor by the fact that I help them. I need to specify, throughout this entire time, you still have not seen a single guard. That's why I'm going to look for a doctor. <laughs> I'm going to look yeah. for a doctor. Eddie, oh. uh, I did notice that you have a certain charm with the seedier uh, elements of the city. Maybe you could find something out from them. Oh yeah, like, I could like chill with them or something, or maybe we could even smoke together. Yeah, and as you say that, I need to specify, like, uh, even, uh, I'm not, again, I'm not sure if, uh, is Eddie with you at all times? Uh, honestly, I think, like, in more, like, very public areas, like, uh, he mostly appears in, like, or air quote appears in more Mm -hmm. like a, a very, um... More just like a lingering smoke. Um, yeah. Like, uh, but when it tries, but when they try to get, you know, Eddie's attention, then like uh, usually they'll direct them. <laughs> so I need to specify, like uh, again, with each district, it actually shines with that color. All these houses, stalls in the red district glow red. They are made of red tiles, red stripes. It is blindingly red. Like if we were to imagine like this as an animation. You'd only have shades of red for all of us at the moment. Ground, uh, walls, everything. And I want to imagine, like you said, a lingering smoke in these streets. We see Eddie as he is bigger than usual. He seems happy with all the connections he's making. Um, Oh, and uh, one more thing. Uh, Be careful around the elves. Some of them might not be who they appear. So uh, are you guys all going together to uh, the Commonwealth? or the higher-ups, like, of the Commonwealth, or are you, uh, uh, splitting the party? (sighs) Um... I, I will try to appease the people, like the slaves and the commoners. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring in whatever military esque I've learned from being in the clergy. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what is everyone else doing? And keep in mind, this action I'm gonna signify as the end of the day. I'm going to find the higher society and kind of use my family's name to integrate myself. Okay, we got one going to the purple district, one going to the green. Where the other two? doing uh, i think i think eddie's just going to like uh get more information from people in the red district okay 
Ellie's just going to get super high and wander around. Yeah, again, and I need to specify with uh, Eddie, just because, like, John specifically made me put this in, a lot of the foot traffic's going in the nightclub. Um, That leaves uh, Moo. What are you doing? Oh, that's a hard one, because there's an advantage for me to go to two places. The Red District I could go because I could basically maybe get good with people by helping carrying awful diseases. I'm awful like that. <laughs> Or I go to the Green District with Aluya and aid the injured there and possibly gain favor. Because if they're slavers, if you make if you heal their injured, they're more likely to be like, oh, cool, you got you're making them work more efficiently. Now, think carefully. Who do you want to follow? I think in this case, I am going to follow Aluya. Okay. Now, I'm going to determine who I'm going to talk about last. So, here's what I want to do. Seer, Aluya. Yes. You can choose which one makes a roll between you two. I want you to roll 1d4 and tell me whether you like evens or odds. You got this, girl. I'll do odds, please. And out of most of the rolls I made you do, you're going to want to get odds. You son of a bitch. No! Even. I'll come back to you two later. We'll start off with uh, good old John. John, you're, uh, or Atticus. You're going uh, through the uh, Shamrock Roads as you're walking on this road of cobblestone pebbles colored into beautiful art. It goes through this blue district of high society houses, or at least people that can afford decent houses, that lead right to the heart of the city. Walled off within the walled city, walls within walls, is the purple district where a castle lies. Now, you reach the Porticollis. I believe that's what it's called, or at least a metallic gate that's down. How do you get in? Um, is there anyone, like, at the gate? Nope. No guards. Nothing. I'm gonna just kind of be like, anyone there? You yell. Your voice echoes, reverberates, bounces off this and that, but it doesn't seem if anyone could hear you, they didn't respond. Okay. I'm just gonna walk up casually just stroll up the wall yeah you can do that walk up around and down like in a cartoon you reach in and within this purple district these are where the slavers live the highest of high society in the purple district nobles and slavers you see a few slaves like uh, elven slaves eep as you walked over the wall and they don't know what to do so, uh, before you move on, what's your exact intentions? Are you trying to make connections with high society, or...? Yeah, just kind of trying to establish myself as an important person in town, and then mm-hmm. trying to get more information. Okay. Mainly about... I have suspicions about people that I know might be involved, so I mm-hmm. will try to kind of see if I can get anything about them as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So... With, with this, uh, do you knock on doors? Because all you do see, like, roaming about are slaves. You boy. <laughs> yes, sir. Where is my greeting? I, you, you walked over the wall, so I, I felt that was the entrance in itself. Why is no one here to greet me? Do you know who I am? Uh, no, sir. I want to just flash the family symbol and be like... <laughs> I. That's pretty impressive. So? So that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Who's your master? Master uh, Collinsworth. Uh, master Collinsworth. Lead the way. And he leads the way. You go onto the small manor. He opens the door and it comes with a creak. And as you guys make it into 
past the foyer into the guest room. You wait a little bit until you hear the door open and you see this burly man. He's not pudgy, but he has thick knuckles and thick fingers. He greets you with an open hand and he says, Samuel Cunningham, a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Who do I owe the pleasure of greeting today? Articus Billingsley at your service. Make an insight check. Nat 20. I am close. The moment you mention your name, he is instantly terrified. And he just goes, uh, uh, Billingsley is uh, bully. Uh, bully. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I just came into town and I'm kind of curious about why I wasn't greeted by guards or any of the sort. It's not common that I have to make myself known. Well, you see, the the guards have disappeared from our fair town, you see. We have to keep ourselves from the common rabble and all that. I apologize. We weren't expecting any nobility to walk through. And you see him knocking on, like, uh, like uh, the armrest of his seat as he's talking to you. It seems like a fidget. What is the deal with the, the lack of guards? Well, it's hard to say. They just disappeared one day. I I honestly don't know too much more than that. Quite the act. Quite the act. Hmm, interesting. Tell me, has there been any other house business going around town? Roll me a 1d20. Uh, repeat the question one more time. Has there been any other house business going around this town? Any house business going around in this town? I believe that he does pucker his mouth a bit, and he looks at you, and he says, Why, yes, we, we had one more house come by. I'm sure you're familiar with the elves. Exultria. Unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately, and he keeps tapping the side of his armrest. It would appear that we've been under new leadership, as the Duke is no longer the owner of Sham. Why, that belongs to a great Exultrian. And he seems to mumble a bit as he is just wrapping his knuckles. Where could I find this great Exultrian? Uh, Thimrath? Why, I would say, and make me a insight check one more time. Hmm. Seven. Yeah. He says, very shortly. In fact, very shortly. In the moment he says that, the door opens. And it didn't click with you throughout most of that conversation. But that nervous tick wasn't a tick. It looked like he was communicating with somebody. Like a form of Morse code, perhaps a bit of thieves' cant. Some sort of rap. But as the cards were laid on the table with how open you were, and especially with that introduction, he did not feel safe around you. Although guards do not enter the room, something worse does. And I kind of want to see like the silhouettes of people entering the room, and we transition with the shut of the door. All right. Mega, good old Eddie, what are you doing in the Red District? Yeah, I think, 
you know, both figuratively and literally, uh, making, uh, making connections with people there. And, uh, honestly, if any of them were, you know, like, uh, chill and comfortable enough that, uh, uh, maybe they would find, like, uh, uh, a nice, uh, private room at, like, a, at a hookah or somewhere and, uh, and smoke together for a bit. I'm sorry, uh, who are you smoking together with? Or are you, uh, finding somebody? Sorry, kind of got scattered like basic, for a second. Well, again, like, basically anybody that, uh, anybody that he would be, you know, like, trying to connect with, get acquainted with, and then would be comfortable enough to, uh, to join him. Ah, I'm gonna say the same drug dealer that you are talking before. Yeah, how's it going, man? What? You wanna smoke a hookah? Fuck yeah, man, I'm into that shit. So, you guys go to a hookah shot, a uh, uh, hookah shot on him. You guys are smoking. We see, like, Eddie smoking, then his uh, Echo, Eddie, right behind him, as, or at least within the smoke itself. Um, and you guys generally bullshit. And what was the intentions of this? You wanted to get what kind of information? Or, uh, what? But it's like uh, like he is trying to get a, like a sense for like uh, current events, uh, but like uh, or again like any because like he was definitely talking earlier about like starving. Sh- yeah, shit, shit is just wild, man. Like we got Duke ain't no Duke anymore. We got some Elven motherfucker just rolling around in this joint thinking that he owns the place. Shit's wild, man. Shit's fucking wild. Now the nightclub, nightclub's been fucking dank as shit. But you know, like fuck, man. All new people are. Going going in there having a fucking good time but i'm just like fuck that noise like it's fucking too loud man too fucking loud like what kind of people oh shit all sorts of people man i've seen fucking soldiers go in there with a couple girls around their arms i've seen all sorts of fucking shit going there i've seen new guys tweaked out on some fucking stone needle like fuck man you forget who you are you become a new person holy shit dude but like like uh some friends and i were like going around and like there weren't like any guards anywhere what's yo man that? fuck man they all went to fucking nightclub man just ain't fucking seen them since uh so like they never left fuck if i know man i just seen them go in there like fuck man i wasn't watching the entrance or anything but shit man it's just a hot spot so just like really noisy or like some other weird stuff yo what do you mean by weird man i've seen unicorns pissing my <laughs> i've seen unicorns pissing my mouth before and that shit ain't weird so like what the fuck are you talking <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, not like weird, weird, but like, you know, like stuff that you didn't see before. You know what I mean? Yo, man. I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So you know how the butcher be chopping meat and shit? Well, I hear he's slapping his fucking meat with the DJ. You believe that shit? I'm adding that to my notes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and make sure to note the unicorn thing as well. <laughs> Uh, so then, like, normally he didn't, but now he, like, does? Yeah, man, it's so fucking weird, man. Like, that DJ just came in one day and fucking rocked the fuck out of this joint. Uh, shit got old fast, though. Like, fuck, man, same beat, same wow, 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 coming out of that fucking shit. I can't b- fucking believe it. Ah, uh, so then, like, that's, like, why you don't go. It's, like, the same DJ every night? Yeah, man, not to mention, I'm just fucking deaf in one ear. And shit just doesn't go right. I can't see what people find enjoyable about it, really. Like, fuck. Music goes in one ear and out the other. You feel? Well, uh, but, like, one does. So, like, it goes in one ear, then... Never out the other. have to turn around and go out? Yeah, that's... Oh, fuck. You know what? Pulls out the baggie, like, that you gave him. Mine, fuck. (laughs) My man. Yeah. (laughs) 
He just starts doing drugs. If you want to join him, you can, but he starts fucking doing some mind fuck with uh, his girl and uh, you if you join. Yeah, he's very open with you. Uh, describe the experience of mind fuck as you guys are doing it. How's it smoked? Was it feel like? Just run me through it. Yeah, like uh, I feel like a uh, for ease, especially when there's like three people. It's like uh, although I guess like they are in a hookah place, so that just makes it a little bit a little bit easier. Uh, but um, but uh, being like uh, after applying it uh, to the um, uh, applying it to the instrument and allowing it to burn. It's like uh, initially uh, the those affected the individuals taking it. Um, their like uh, their nerve endings are essentially on on overload. They are like sensory uh, uh, their sensory stimuli are are uh, incredibly activated. Like uh, like especially uh, feeling like uh, your sense of touch. So it's like uh, just like everything like you know feel feels electric um it's like it's very much uh as though uh you could you know like uh taste feel hear everything um but uh but then as the individuals taking it um like you know especially like as like the the smoke begins to furl even more into the room uh, even your mind starts to open up it starts to become more sensitive even to others minds mm, yeah so the first things that you feel is feelings there is absolutely no joy within him no matter what kind of facade he puts on no matter how he portrays himself as a chill man he's just not happy neither is his girl for his thoughts like the first things that just go through his mind is like how are they gonna make it to the next day how are they gonna feed what about her child gonna be going through labor soon like what what the hell's gonna happen this world's too tough too cruel but you gotta be tougher you gotta be quicker and i think the useful information you get from this is like as he drifts off in that scatterbrain kind of moment moving past that melancholy uh he moves towards like you know fuck man and again, this is even how he thinks. Fuck, man. Like, it's wrong what they do to that fucking duke. It's wrong. He's, he's, he's a goddamn duke, not a goddamn clown. Is absolutely riding a goddamn unicycle. This is fucking... No, man. It's just not right. It's just not right. Fuck, man. This guy's so chill. Wonder if he wants to cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I think you're tapping this guy out, though. Like, uh, I'm not sure what else to give you, unless uh, if you want to. Pop. Oh no, that's oh no, that's helpful. But it's just yeah. like, but I think Eddie would just have like a dopey smile, and I got time. Aw, uh, like we see like all three of these like drug addicts fucking just cuddling, and again we hear like the rhythmic beat of the nightclub nearby. Now we're gonna transition with like uh, Eddie's echo, Eddie, like his eyes staring at the camera in the fog and smoke covering the scene. And as we peer, we go into the green district where the slaves live. As you guys enter this district, you see that there is a cliffside and below is the shattered remains of houses that seem to have fallen from a landslide. And near that, a cemetery. Both of you. Give me a history check. Both of who? Both of you. Beluia, Sierra. Okay. Give me a history check. Okay. Yeah, excuse me. I don't know much about the area. Mm, not about the area. It's just about the just general <laughs> shit. 
Oh my god, you're both horrible. Eight and one. I mean, just... worst case scenario, I could flash a genius, so I have a 13. No, it's not necessary. Hi. Um, I wouldn't even let you waste it on this. It's just a little strange that they're keeping the cemetery in town. That's it. I would elaborate on it, but you girls rolled piss poor. So, going around in district, uh, there's a variety of slaves, from orcs to humans, but primarily there are elves. Unlike the shackles both of you have, they do not have those types of magic shackles. It is just simply things to restrict movement, like, you know, chains around uh, both shackles on the wrist. R- rudimentary stuff. What do you do in the Green District? Uh, I would try to get a sense of uh, their mind state. Like, are they okay? I know they're slaves, but... Does something else seem out of place for them? Are they fidgety? Are they waiting to revolt? Stuff like that. Maybe an insight check. Okay. I know that Seer would be keeping an eye out to see if there's any significant people that would be, you know, prominent in here. So, like, besides, like, yeah, the slaves would be, like, someone like a, and I hate to say it's like a slave trader or someone mm-hmm. that would be a person of information. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of the slave owners and traders are in the Purple District from uh, what Atticus was able to gather. Oh, no, um, I know. I'm yeah, and to share. Yeah. Um, but Aluya with the 17, and we'll, uh, you want to know if they're willing to revolt, like how they're feeling, wh- what were you trying to get? Uh, are they just kind of going about their day-to-day, or do they seem, like, on edge? Is it because of us, or...? They're going through their day-to-day with plastic smiles. Just like Atticus noticed that no one seems happy, but everyone pretends to be happy. It doesn't seem like uh, anyone's willing to revolt, but there is a there is a lurking feel uh, feeling of dread uh, within the community. Um, since you rolled so high, uh, give me something else to tell you about. Um, that What else you'd like to know? Uh, do we see, well, aside from Seer, do we feel like hostility coming towards us or they just don't care about us no they don't feel hostile towards you they feel hostile towards something in the alley do we see like eyes darting in that direction yeah and you hear the rhythmic slap of meat on meat it could be something very terrifying or just people having sex. I don't know. It's for you to decide, but there's a hostile feeling in the air, but no one's willing to stop anything. I'll approach someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, than me. Uh, yes. Are you all right? Something going on? No. Why Why would you ask? Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Well, it's not just you, but all of you seem to be on edge uh, looking no, towards we, that direction. Everyone just needs be happy. That's it. Just need to have a smile. Well, I can see you're in quite a predicament with your shackles. We all have burdens of life on us, but at least we're still alive. And towards uh, the uh, hostility towards the alley, she just simply says, we we don't speak about that. Right, well, my companions are also here, so blink once if you need help, and blink twice if you would like us to move on. Give me an insight check i will guidance myself for this just in case uh i'm gonna be looking at the uh, person that's talking well guidance all right 14 uh she blinks twice to let you move on but you can see deep down she's more concerned about your safety more than her own i will uh go over to see her and kind of in her ear something strange is going on in that alley but i don't think it's something you and i could handle alone it gets louder as it doesn't sound like meat on meat anymore it sounds like the breaking of bones I think we should get out of here for now and find Atticus and Eddie. 
Are you sure about that? Because it sounds... You hear muffled cries. Damn it. Seer's going to kind of look to you and mean like, as far as I can tell, it sounds as if, well, kind of looking among all the slaves, someone is being punished. I don't know, but I do want to help them. But I don't think it's just a you and me situation. Another snap of the bone. My suggestion then is we just look and assess the situation. All right, son. If something were to go down, um... Right, you run that way. Trust me enough to escape with me. I trust you, don't worry. It's not a big problem, she kind of says. Not really looking at you, but kind of looking in a direction get towards the snapping noise. <laughs> and as you walk towards it, you hear one yelp as a woman whimpers. Not my child. Ah, you can hurt me, just not the child. And you hear another snap. I have to intervene now. Mm-hmm. So you girls go down the alley? I think Seer would be leading because she's not freaking out. She just seems to be more like investigative mode. They're not. Seer's not freaked out. It's kind of more of just a, if I figure out what's going on, maybe I could help. Yeah. So I had a clock going on, being how long it would take for you girls to intervene. Oh, boy. (laughs) I would have guessed four widgets, um, four stalls, a little bit more than that. Um, As you come through the alley to the sandlot, all you hear is the final snap of a foot on neck as you see the open body of a woman with her entrails strewn like ribbon on the floor her face covered in scratches her limbs bent at weird angles and a child cowering behind a crate you see this man with ebony skin blood drenched hands and cold piercing blue eyes raise fully up and this is what he looks like. Piercing blue eyes, you see a trim cut of black hair. A man with ebony skin as he stares towards a child and he just says with a manic twist to his voice, Why don't you join your mother? Why why don't you join your mother? I, I've seen you together so happy, so happy, 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 happy. <laughs> and he takes one step at a yep. time, swaying like a drunkard. But yes. Uh, stop! You say stop? I'm asking, did you say stop? Yes, I said stop. Yeah, hey, you, you girls can handle it. No, don't say that to me. You, you, yeah, you just see him stop, and he looks back, and his foot sinks into the open stomach of the woman he killed. He is thin, straggly, wild hair, hunched a bit, and he just goes, Toys? I, I haven't seen toys in a while. I like to break toys. And he twists his foot in this woman's open stomach as he says that. He must not be around here. People don't like to talk to me, but I like to talk and takes a step forward. The question is, who are you? Because maybe the reason why people don't like to talk is because you don't really mention things to people, but also people don't like their things broken. Mm -hmm. And I think he says back, I'm not from around here either. I like to visit every week, every week. Sierra's going to quickly whisper to Louis and like, if you have a way to talk to this small child behind the cart, be a good way to tell them to run when they get too close to us. Yeah, I have a message I can use. I think I have a way. I just need a moment to do it. Yeah, he grabs a rock off the ground. Make me a perception check. 
both of us or just her? Yes, both of you. Oh, he's going to beam this child in the head. Oh, I wish that was advantage. Oh, well. Aluya got an 18. Mm-hmm. 18. Aluya, you see as he tosses this rock up and down, it never touches his palm. You might be in for it. Prepare yourself, sir. I'm preparing for the appropriate response for a situation like this. Where I hope we both have the same idea as we already talked about while we walked here. I'm going to uh mutter to myself in a whisper and it's going to be sent to the child. Little one, we will try to distract him. You make your way and run as fast as you can. Can, can the kid respond back? He wants to. You can reply to this message. <laughs> yeah, I was wait. I was going to say that. But you don't have a place to go. Scared. Where's mommy? And looking closer at the child, especially with that perception check, the kid's blind. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Damn. Well, I mean... But remember, now he's an orphan, so... Yeah. It's, it's okay to kill, yes. <laughs> no! So yeah, as he comes closer, you can see the shadows wrapping around him. You see will-o'-wisps entering and disappearing. It seems like everywhere around him in five feet begins to decay. Oh. I want new toys. Ones that don't break easy. Will you break like the child? And he turns back and we're going into initiative. That child, that sweet old child is going to be right over. Let's see. Okay, he's going to go first. And do I instantly want to kill that child or give you girls a chance? No, I'm not going to instantly kill the kid. Take back. I'm going to, like, toss a little pebble at you. Just a tiny little pebble. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt Seer. Seer, it's not going to hurt. I don't believe you since I've been down so many goddamn times. Yeah, you just always find your way into the worst situations. Yeah, don't worry. It's not like he has multi-attack or anything. You're fine. Fine. See, it didn't hurt. It was eight. I rolled it eight. Can you it describe did. it when you when he throws it? I would love to see like how Ciro would react depending on the velocity of this pebble. So if you see an Atticus in his gun, it is like a bullet and you dodge your head out of the way and it cuts its way through your hair. Yeah, like basically like a sonic boom, like a circle around your hair. It would have hurt. It would have been nasty. And he has another pebble that he's just tossing, waiting for you to come save the boy. If you guys leave and don't save the boy, he'll kill it. Aluya, it's your turn. Oh, Alright, um... Sorry, I'm trying to see my action. What's my mm. bonus action? <laughs> um, if you way across the boy, then it'll, he'll be too thick for them to actually be penetrated <laughs> by the pebbles. Hmm. Uh, um, can I use my bonus action first? Yeah, go right ahead. I'm going to shield of faith myself. Okay. Um, I'm trying to use that spell slot. There we go. And... If we can get this boy to run, I can get us out of here. But you always have to stay close to me, though. Then do what you need to do. I'm faster than you. You're the one that needs to bolt. Mm-hmm. All right. I am going to... Let me measure this out. Mommy? Uh, mommy? Where are you, Mommy? You're going to make... You're gonna make Aluya get mad. No, don't do that. She's gonna kill everyone. Oh no, wait, that's what she did for. Oh no, scared mommy. mommy. Where's my Where's my birthday cake? I, I'm scared of the dark, mommy. All right, I'm going to make a run for the child. You try to run. I think I might have a way. For... I could have a way to handle him a bit, but you do you. All right, I'm going to uh, dash. Can I disengage? <laughs> Is that a thing? To get to uh, the kid? Don't you have to be within it first? Oh, right. They do. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you have to be engaged before you disengage. Right. Correct? Um, 
Yeah. Well, it's like you can take the disengage whenever, but like you can't dash and disengage. Yeah, that 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 was the deal. Yeah. Forty. Okay. 35, 40. That's as much as I can go. I mean, you're more armored up to me. That pebble's not going to hurt you. Yeah, it shouldn't hurt you. Whatever. It's going to oh. come my way. Yeah. I was trying to get here, but I'll take my hit from going through there. Yeah. So as you go through, you see that his hand is just re- it's just covered in like an ethereal glow. It grows like that of a reptile, maybe like a dragon's hand in like a ethereal ghost-like shape. As you pass by, he scratches at you. Oh my god. He... Hit? No, he doesn't hit. Damn. Fuck me. So close. Alright. How far away are you now? Uh, five feet from him, from his little circle. Uh, more than five feet? No, okay. just more than five feet? I'm just counting his circle, so I don't know. Are you counting from him or his circle? Um, I'm counting from him. So you're okay. ten feet away. Ten feet. Yeah. Well, I guess he's going to do one more thing then, since uh, it ends your turn, correct? Eight, oh yeah. god, he's got oh. legendary action. Oh yeah. Oh, ah! shit. Uh, yeah. Force, yeah, force pebble right at you, even though might not hit. Critical hit. <laughs> Anything to stop this? No, I have nothing to stop that. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, just uh, just uh, to let Nina know. Also, there there is a house rule that Gray has enacted that is, uh, you can use inspiration to re-roll enemy attack rolls. Yes, just so you're aware. Mm-hmm. It's also a house rule if I miss that oh. it falls the trajectory. So if it misses, it might it hit hits the child and kills the child. You might have to take a hit, but I don't know yeah. how strong that pebble is. Strong enough to kill a child. <laughs> If, uh, I, if, if I had to put a gauge on HP of a child, uh, it'd be dead. All right. Yeah, I'll have to take the hit. All right. All right. That's a uh, 15 bludgeoning damage. Nothing bad. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's decent. It wasn't the greatest, but it was up there. Rolled really low on the second one. Jesus Christ. Uh, before I end my turn, I'll just tell the boy, yeah. little one, I am going to grab you soon, okay? Believe in me, Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and that the kid, it. yeah, it goes, bring me the mommy. And he grabs onto you. Question is, where the hell are you going to go after this? I think um, she might have a trick. Okay. I, I just want to clarify that this is a sand lot. Like beyond the darkness is uh, a wall that's uh, 30 feet high. All right. Moving on to Seer. Seer, what's happening? Seer's going to pull out their, you know, tool that looks like an alchemy thing. Doesn't approach fully, but kind of just changes angle of attack. Kind of looks to the guy and goes like, I think you might be in a sticky situation. She casts web on him. Oh. Hmm. I'll, I'll post the spell so you can see how big it is. Hmm. Even if it misses or not, this will do a lot for Aluya. Hmm. Um, let me get it there you are also it's actually dc 17 because of the tool it's just saying 16 give me a second but yeah basically it's a 20 foot cube difficult terrain lightly obscured so that means like if he tries to spot things it's a little harder for him okay and since it's in an alley corner that means it could anchor down okay yeah i got this yeah okay so it's dexterity saving throw 17 correct okay damn yeah uh, that's definitely uh definitely a 12 and the reason why it's perfect is because Aluya and I are exactly out of it. Mm. And if he tries to walk forward, it'll take double his movement. Okay. And then Seer is going to take a finish her rest of her movement by taking a step back so she could see she could see Aluya. Okay. So yeah, he's in the middle of that web. Yeah, and he's also restrained. Correct. Yeah. So he can't. He has to either burn an action to get out of it, or basically he's restrained. So he could do other stuff, but he's basically has restraint issues. Hmm. All right. 
So uh, it's uh, his turn. I already rolled. I'm restrained. There's really nothing I can do, right? That's zero movement. One, yeah, 22. He broke out of it. Yeah, he oh, broke. that's his action. Yeah, all right. Perfectly fine. All right, Aluya, it's your turn. What are you doing? I'm just going to, because the kid's holding on to me, and she's going to make sure I got a good grip on him. Here, run! And I will... Uh, where is it? You can, if you're if you're casting a spell, I know, you could go 90 feet anywhere you want. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to thunderstep. Oh. Um, yeah, I got it. It's in my view, so I'm going to go up here, because that's as far as... Because I know the roof is... I'm going to go there. Pingity, pingity, pingity with the boy. Okay. <laughs> what I love about this about thunderstep, too, is like it's not a quiet boom it's like yeah but so that cart that the boys buy and the Louis is by it's just utterly destroyed <laughs> hey you you do know uh i mean unless i'm mistaken because he didn't move but uh the guy actually does need to make a save because he's close enough how far is it it, it goes out to 10 feet so unless i'm misreading whose token is whose uh, oh yeah it is 10 feet oh wow it is 10 feet he has to take a save it doesn't shove them back a distance because he might fall go further into the web i don't think he gets uh, restrained again but basically like well he'll have to make his save again at the beginning of his next turn yeah, he has to think he didn't leave the web so he'll have to make that he'll need to make that save on his beginning of his next turn. So can you bring someone else with you with a uh, thunderstep? Yes. Yes. Okay. It is a, it is a lower level or essentially. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh what was the saving throw again? Um let me put it up. Hold on. Um It's a constitution saving throw. Mm. Uh that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to make it on the throw the spell on the screen. I got a crit. Gosh, yeah. dang it. No, stop doing the damage and just put the spell on the screen. Even saber, though uh, saber suck or half damage? Half damage. Half, half damage. damage. Yeah. There we go. Roll it. Uh it's the first one. Uh, she got a 28 was... damage. 28? Okay. Actually, no, it was a nice. 14. 14. No, it was 14. That was, was the first 14. one. 14 is the first one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um... It seems like it did nothing. Not that he resisted it. Not that he was immune. It just seems like it did nothing. That's okay. Uh, can I have the boy with me, please? Yes, you can. So are you both going to GTFO? Yes, I'm I'm going to GTFO with the boy, but I want to, before my next turn, I want to make sure that Steer is okay. I mean, you're behind a building, and so it's going to be hard. Yeah. I'll be uh, okay, don't worry. Mm. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, that's that's all I can do. Okay. Um, he's no longer in uh trapped by the web, is he? Or do I have to make another saving throw now? Um, did he move out of the web? Uh, actually, yeah, he could. I well, did he move out of the web on its turn? The question is, the question is, did because as has been stated many times, hands last piece. <laughs> well, here's the thing: it's not his turn yet, and is in between Aluya and Sears' turn. Well, no, and, no, no. When you broke out, yes, you could have moved. I thought I had zero movement. No, but he's. Thing. He's, I think what Gray's insinuating is that he can move as a legendary action. Yes. So it would be before uh, his next turn he yes. can move. Then, uh, you might want to lead with that because otherwise... That's what I was going to get to, but I wanted to hear if, you know, everything else before uh, that. Okay. Um, it's half movement then because he has to go through the web. All right. So if he has a th- movement of 30, it's 15. And through the web, it, yeah. Is it half movement just in the web or just difficult terrain in the web? It's difficult terrain in the web, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, so it's 10 then... It went out. So 10, then 15, 20, 25. Holy shit, he can move that fast? That is uh, under 30 feet, is it? Oh, no, I know it's 30 feet. I was just yeah. like, wow, yeah. that's not your normal legendary movement. No. 
He is uh, not a ordinary person, and he is coming up to your business. He is—he doesn't have an action though, so it is all use here. He is coming up in your grill. Well, same as the first. Repeat it. Weapon to motherfucker. So another web. I fixed my spell DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is it located this time? Just well, I'm shooting shoot. at him in the face with it. Okay. So the only things I need to be concerned about is yeah. Alright. It's just within it, right? Or more back, maybe. Whatever. Just this entire alleyway is fucked. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, Are you sure the... this isn't the red light district? It's covered in the sticky white stuff. <laughs> and this previous one's out, right? Since uh, concentration. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you do next? Is he webbed? Uh, don't I have to make it at the start of my turn? Oh, yeah, you do. It is at the start of his turn. Yeah. So you don't get to know. Oh. Well, I gotta move. He gets an attack of opportunity. All right. It hit. No. no. Holy shit, I am just rolling poor. All right. Yeah. Uh, at his turn, he's gonna make saving throw. 26. Does that work? That works. Um. Does he have a uh, half movement again? Um. Just in yeah, the web, just, so it's just yeah, one so, step. Yeah, so 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. He's not gonna do sprint, but he will do a force pebble. 19 to hit? Yeah, it's a hit. Yeah, unlike before, you didn't dodge your head. You take 13 bludgeoning damage. All right. Yeah, so again, it was floating in his hand. It just shot like a bullet right at you. And this time it hit you right on the forehead. Maybe did a, a you know, knit line fracture. Aluya, your friend seems like she's going to be in trouble soon. Do you want to leave the map? Um, I'm going to see what I can do. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go because I've got the kid, kid with me. Yeah, just bolt. Uh, uh, so I'll just see it. Do you think you can get away? I'm certainly going to try. Meet me in the red district. Roger that. Yeah, and both of you bolt it. I kind of want to imagine, like, because I'm not going to play this out. Uh, you, Both of you girls run away from combat. You just see this man with this deranged eyes darting between you, Aluya, and you, Seer, trying to decide which one he wants to pick. And it's just like a smile. We go from, like, looking at him to his own eyes, his own perspective. And we see, like, a trail of dust turn to black. He sees one red and one salmon-colored. And he slowly decides which one he wants to pick. This has been House Common Blood, the intro and outro music by Savic Oh My Doll. Any music and sound effects used in the episode are royalty free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be vibing on. And if you like us, tell other people. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us. Man, that was a real trip.